a clock, but Google did it for them. Did anyone go through that? Um, my coffee machine turned on an hour early this morning, um, so I didn't fix that up. But uh, you always feel a bit brighter and more refreshed, don't you, when the, the clocks have to go back? But I always get a bit sad because the nights come so much quicker, don't they? Is there any early morning people here? Yeah, daylight savings finishings for you. Yep. Thank you for coming today. Um, just uh, in the newsletter, there's all sorts of things there that um, please uh, have a read through and uh, make yourself aware of. Um, just a few extra things I want to point out. We've got a Saturday combined prayer meeting coming up, uh, a special kids club night on Friday night, a family fun night. So uh, if you have primary school kids, I um, encourage you to bring them along. It'll be a great night for them, but also for others just to uh, help out and maybe talk to parents, help out with cooking some yummy food for me to taste test before it goes out to the public. Um, uh, we're just going to have a fun time with the Kids Club community, so we'd love you to be a part of that. Uh, we've got Anzac Day Choir. If you're interested in singing in the Norwood um, Anzac Day Dawn service, please let Pastor Ralph know. We have a Nerf Olympics um, coming up later in the uh, month, and uh, for all the young kids, they know exactly what that means. Um, and we're even supplying the ammunition, would you believe it? So uh, uh, that'll be a great thing to come along to. The New Eternity newspaper is out. Um, we, next Sunday, we have a baptism service. So that'll be wonderful to, uh, uh, as a church community, to just witness people following the Lord in the waters of baptism. After the service, we'll have hot cross buns. Amen. And... There's a bit of a birthday week coming up. Um, so Elizabeth is on the 3rd, Johan is on the 4th, Facebook told me this morning that Andrew is on the 5th, and James is on the 6th. So uh, I don't know why, it just numbers interest me, it's all consecutive numbers, um, but um, we have a birthday week coming up, so happy birthday to everyone uh, who's got a birthday this week coming. Um, for those who are going to wait upon us for our giving, would you come and do so please? Uh, for, if you're a guest with us today, please feel free to let the bag pass. Um, it's just uh, the easiest way for us to manage the process. But for the Christian, giving is normal. It's part of what we do. So uh, please feel free to let the bag pass as the boys come to you. Also, Anna um, is going to come around to any children and just hand them a newsletter. Inside the newsletter, there are some kids' activities. And uh, I'm pretty sure in the foyer, there's like a box of Tic Tacs. Every activity completed, you get a free packet of Tic Tacs. How's that? Man, Easter Sunday is a great day, isn't it? But check with your mum and dad first. Sorry, mum and dad. some family communication there. Let's pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you gave yourself so that we might have life. And Lord, we honour you with everything that you have given us, including the monies, Lord, we bring before you. 
and we bring cheerfully. Lord, we bless your name and we thank you. Amen. I just want to share a word this morning. Um, it's titled, Stay and Go. Stay and Go. Uh, this Easter, where it was a series about uh, not being ashamed. And so the testimony Liz shared is, is just, just beautiful. Jesus took the shame of the cross and he invites us into a life where shame has been overcome. So we're going to uh, continue looking at John chapter 20. And thank you to Brian for that reading this morning. We're going to look at a few further verses from verse 24 through to verse 29. And this is what it says. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, it's Thomas speaking, Thomas said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Through, so though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for this moment with Thomas that is recorded to encourage us. Lord, we thank you that you came and you rose again. Lord, still our hearts and our minds. Lord, we pray that you would, uh, Lord, talk directly to our spirits today. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to share three thoughts from these passages of Scripture. The first thought that I want to share with is this idea of staying in your heart. Staying in your heart. Uh, Brian read earlier in verse 2 that when Mary went to the tomb, she found it empty. She assumed that there had been a robbery. She assumed that, that the body of Christ had been stolen and taken. So she ran back to the disciples and this is what she said to the disciples. She said, they have taken the Lord. For Mary, even though Jesus was now dead, even though Jesus was now stolen, she still referred to Jesus as my Lord. Mary kept Jesus in her heart, even in the midst of doubt. Mary kept Christ in her. She did not allow what she was seeing to begin to even change the way she spoke about Jesus. She still called Jesus Lord. In fact, in fact Mary was, was so much in her heart for the Lord that when the other disciples came to check the tomb and they left, the word says that Mary stayed. She stayed at the tomb and she wept and she cried 
something was happening in the heart of this woman. She allowed Jesus to stay there. I would encourage you that whatever you're going through, whatever doubts you face, allow Jesus to stay in your heart. The second um, thought from this passage is to stay in your experience. When Mary stays, Jesus appears. It's a gardener. And then Jesus says her name. And at the sound of her name being spoken, in that way that only special people can say it, in a way that you know who is saying your name, she realises that it's Jesus. Um, I'm pretty sure that when Carol says to Jim, Jim, or when Carol says, Jim, or when Carol says, Jim, Jim knows who is speaking. But there's that other time where she says, Jim. We know this. There's so much going on when someone who we're very close to says our name. And so when Jesus said the name of Mary, the experiences of her walking with Christ, her experiences of her relationship with Christ came rushing back to her. And in that moment, she realized that it was Jesus. Whatever doubts you're facing, whatever situations you're working through, stay in those experiences that you've had in Christ. Stay in those moments when you first felt Him. Stay in those moments when someone gave you a scripture and it just spoke into your situation. Stay in the experience of, of when you confess to the Lord, Lord, you're my Savior, I want to live for you. Stay in the experience of that song or that hymn or that moment when the presence of God was so rich. When you have your doubts, stay in your experience. The final one is stay in your community. We read in verse 26 that a week later, the disciples were in the house together and this time Thomas was with them. The scripture records earlier that that disciples gathered together in a house and they locked the door. That's a sign of fear. Who locks their door here at night? Who didn't want to put their hand up? Most of us lock our doors. Occasionally, Beck and I wake up and go, oh, we've done it again. We left the roller door up. We left the whole house opened. We left the back door opened. The kids left their blinds up. We do it all the time. We want to keep our house locked because we want to feel safe. The disciples wanted to feel safe, so this room was locked. But on the previous occasion, Thomas was not with them. The scripture doesn't say where Thomas was. But on this occasion, Thomas was with the other disciples. You see, for three plus years, Thomas had been in this community with Christ. He had eaten, he had ministered, he had walked. They had been together for a very long time. And in that moment of doubt, in that moment of, I'm not sure if Jesus really said everything. I'm actually, I don't even know if I can say it. My mind is so foggy right now, I can't even say it right. 
In that moment of doubt, it's so easy to move away from the community that you've been a part of. When something goes wrong, it's so easy for you to move away, to isolate yourself, to remove yourself from the people who have cared for you, who have stood with you and who have been with you. It is so much easier to move out of your community. And yet we see here that even though Thomas doubted, he stayed. What does the word say? The word says that Thomas was with them this time. Whatever doubts you're facing, whatever situations that you're pressed with, stay in your community. Stay in your community. Stay in your community. Mary stayed and saw Jesus. And after Thomas saw Jesus, he let go of his doubt. It seems as though the Christian life is full of this cycles and decisions of staying and going. Staying near the Lord. Those moments when you've had that injection of faith and hope and love. Staying in the care of your Father God. But there's also other staying that we get caught up in, isn't there? There's staying in our own strength and doing it our way. There's staying in our own pride and not wanting to feel shame. There's, there's a staying in our own habits that we're stuck in and we just can't break. But there's also a going. When we have doubts, often we go. When we make decisions, we, we, we go in our own logic. We go in our own understanding, our own thinking. But then there's also the promise that Jesus gives us to go in His strength and in His understanding. Life is full of staying and going. But there's also a promise to our going. Going isn't always bad. There's a beautiful Psalm 121. And I'm dying to preach another 30-minute message on that right now, but I'm going to restrain myself. Verse 5 of this Psalm says, The Lord Himself watches over you. As I'm reading this, I want you to hear the promise of God to you. He watches over you. He stands beside you as a protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. What a promise. That is a promise to stay in. That is a promise to go on. What a promise. You see, Jesus rose again and he made good on these promises. He endured the absolute worst of all doubts. He endured the worst of all physical torture. He endured the worst humanity could dish out. And he held on to this promise. Because the last words of Christ was, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I, I give up my spirit to you. I, I, I'm placing it in your hands. But amongst all of this saying and going, what, is it, what are the words that Jesus says when he enters in this passage of Scripture? When Jesus appears to the disciples, what are the words that Jesus used amongst doubt, amongst not being sure, amongst being confused, hurt, worried about the future? Have I wasted three years of my life, one disciple thought. 
Have, have I spent all this money on buying the latest in footwear so I don't get sore feet, so I could walk everywhere Jesus went? Of all of these doubts, Jesus comes in and says, peace be with you. If we were playing cards, that would be like the ace. And that would be four aces. Now, in my pack of cards, it'd be five aces. Because I always carried a spare. I never wanted to lose. Peace be with you. And you know who Jesus said that to? He said that to Thomas. He didn't exclude Thomas from that. He didn't put Thomas to one side and say, Peace be with you, but not Thomas here. Your hands, Thomas, for a moment. Okay, mate. He's got a real look on his face. He's a top engineer and I don't want him to engineer anything. I'm going to give peace to everyone else, but to you, you, you doubt me. So there's no peace to you. The Scriptures don't do that. The story doesn't even entertain that. Jesus enters into the room where the disciples are and he says, Peace to you all. Peace to you all. Peace to you all. If you doubt today, you're not a second-class Christian. If you have doubts and concerns today, you're not a second-rate believer. You're not a subclass person who Jesus died for, maybe, if you have doubts, if you have fears, if you have questions, if you have worries. Abraham was blessed. Abraham was blessed because when he heard the promises of the Lord, he believed them. And if you have time to read Genesis chapter 12, you will see promises that were spoken to Abraham. He really didn't see those promises come to pass. Yet he believed. And he was blessed because of his belief. And that's what we see Jesus say to Thomas. Jesus says to Thomas, Thomas, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Blessed are those who, who, who haven't seen what you've just done. Blessed are they. There's something of the blessing of God for those who haven't seen everything. In other words, who have been able to overcome their doubts. They have allowed their doubts to exist within a context of faith. They have allowed the doubts that they have to be able to be trumped, to be able to be overcome by their belief. It's okay to have a doubt. It's okay. But let your belief overcome your doubts. Blessed are you who believe and do not see. As we come to communion this morning, and as those who are serving us, would you come forward, please? Um, if you're a guest here at our church, we... we have a time of communion where we remember what Jesus did for us. So please let it pass if you want to, if you want to partake and remember, and please feel free to take a cup and take some bread. Perhaps as you receive the communion this morning, perhaps there is something of the Word of God this morning that you can take into your heart. Perhaps there's a decision that you can make to stay and or to go. 
Maybe this week you can stay a little longer in prayer. Maybe this week you can stay a little longer in the Word of God. Maybe this week you can stay a little longer in reflection. Maybe this week you can stay a little longer on that musical instrument you play or listening to that CD or record. Maybe this week you can stay a little longer. Maybe this week you can let go of some of the worry, some of the things that you can't control. Maybe this week you can let go of some of the fear, the fear maybe of the past happening again, the fear of seeing that person you don't want to see. The fear of the future, even though it hasn't even happened yet. Maybe it's time to go and speak to that person and sort it out. Maybe it's time to go to your neighbour and tell them about Jesus. On the back of the newsletter, there's a thing from Billy Graham, and he encourages each one of us to have four and five people who we're praying for, that Jesus would come into their lives So take the newsletter home and maybe write someone's name there. Maybe write two or three people and pray for them. Maybe it's time to go to Christ with the hopes and dreams that you had that were just so plain and obvious to you and it's just falling apart from under you. This meal we're having now together reminds us that his body was broken and his blood was poured out for creation, for us. He rose again. Death had no claim on his life. The accuser began the accusing. You're dead, Jesus. Yet no sin was found in him. Death could not hold him down. And now Jesus invites us to believe in him, to trust him. I wonder if it's time to let go of doubts. You know, I find when doubts arise in me, it's not as simple as saying, okay, I believe now, the doubts are gone. That doesn't seem to work. And I I used to get away with that with my kids when they were three and four and five, but it doesn't even work on them anymore. The fact is, we have to do it over and over and over again. We have to put those doubts to one side over again. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of speaking to the doubts that you feel And saying, I know I have these doubts, but Lord, I'm trusting in you. Do it every day. Do it 10 times a day. Do it as many times as you need. I'm so grateful for this meal that we can share at any time. When I look at this meal, it helps me to put my doubts to one side. And to trust and believe in him. We're going to watch a short video clip. It's taken from this TV series called The Bible. It's the the part of the clip where the disciples are meeting and they've, uh, sorry, they go out to the tomb and they return and they're meeting in the upper room and Jesus appears. Um, The TV series, The Bible, is a dramatised version, so just enjoy the theme of it. Blessed are those who believe, yet have not seen. 
if you'd bow your heads for a moment. And maybe in your heart, just speak to Jesus. Maybe in your heart, just speak to him. Say, Lord, I give you my doubts again. Lord, I believe. like to invite you to stand with me. This is his body that was broken. This is his life, his blood poured out. Would there be two or three who would just like to pray a prayer of thanks? Thanks.